Welcome to Power Surge by the Center for Industrial Progress. I'm Alex Epstein, coming at you from Orange County, California, and we are joined by Stefan Hen from Germany. Hello. So Stefan, you're going to be particularly relevant today, not just because you're a very good researcher, but because you are from Germany, which is a major subject in the recent article, if you can call it that, by Al Gore, called The Turning Point, New Hope for the climate. It's time to accelerate the shift toward a low carbon future. So uh, just step back. Um, you know, we've talked on the show before, particularly with Paul Krugman, uh, about the importance of experts giving you an objective, big picture view, what they know, what they don't know, not misrepresenting things because you're relying on them for the truth. Now, you know, whether Al Gore is at least posing as an expert on energy, and you could argue that the, the less qualified you are, the less you've studied it. I mean, we know, you know, Al Gore's formal education is, I think, divinity school or something. But, you know, he could have become an expert. I mean, I don't think he did. But, uh, you know, I studied philosophy. I didn't study energy uh, formally. I just studied it on my own. But in any case, I think that even there, especially, you have an obligation to uh, explain yourself and to really give the full context and, and to not... Uh, mislead. So this is an article about the progress of so-called renewable energy, which is a, a term that's used very flexibly, but usually means solar, wind, and, and sometimes biofuels for, e even though hydro is quote-unquote renewable in the sense of being uh, sort of indefinitely powered by the sun, uh, it's opposed by Gore and others because they believe that it, it uh, changes nature too much, you know, it interferes with the free flow of the river, as they would call it. Anyway, so if you're writing an article about the state of renewable energy, about solar and wind, what should you do? Well, it seems like the most straightforward thing is you should give big picture numbers about A, how much of the total energy that people in the world use comes from that source compared to what's been happening, you know, what the trend is. And then B, if you're talking about energy, uh, you always need to remind people that really what we need is reliable energy, energy on demand, energy we can control. So what percentage of reliable energy comes from uh, fossil fuels? So Stefan, uh, well, fossil fuels too, but but from solar and wind. So Stefan, worldwide, how much how much energy comes from solar and wind and how much reliable energy comes from solar and wind? <laughs> well, the total amount is measured as consumption is uh, below 2% for solar and wind for the entire planet. And I would argue that um, reliable energy or useful energy, that's 0%, because at any time, the entire capacity for solar and wind has to be backed up. Or at least uh, storage capacity has to be used. Right, and there's not an economic system for that. And as I point out in the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, which you can get at Amazon, although it comes out in November, but pre-order now, um, there aren't any independent installations that economically, say, take a source of unreliable energy, store it, and then deliver it as an independent power station. They all parasitically depend on fossil fuels, nuclear, uh, or hydro. So yeah, less than 2% worldwide energy, 0% of reliable energy. So that's not, uh, that's not, that's not good in the sense of that's not, that's not promising. And you know, if you study more of the context, and I talk about this in the book, uh, for, for decades and decades and decades, there have been claims that this is going to be 25%, 50% by now. Um, so it's, it's just been um, a big failure, particularly because it's been 
um, incredibly subsidized. And, you know, you would expect such information to appear in a summary of the state of renewables, but no such information uh, appears here. What, what, what appears here is uh, misinformation and, and literal lies. And I want to talk about some of what the lies are, but also why the lies are allowed to exist, why Rolling Stone granted sort of dubious that Rolling Stone has become the definitive source for these issues, but it really has. It, it publishes the most prominent articles on climate issues. So it, it has a, a real responsibility. Even if you're reporting on a rock star, you have responsibility for a lot more accuracy than this. Um, so there's a question of, of how it is that a, really a pathological liar on this issue continues to get uh, credibility and is not, not called out. Because I'd argue that if anyone in you know, and in, in just a standard journalistic capacity, did what Gore did. Uh, they would, in a, in a less in a field that was not so politicized, and where there wasn't such a narrative that there's one good side and one evil side, and Gore's on the good side. Um, they would be completely run out of journalism, much like uh, there was the Jason Blair scandal with the New York Times, where the you know, the um, the editor in chief Howell Raines was kicked out. Jason Blair was kicked out. You have these journalism scandals periodically where somebody just fabricates something completely false, and they get kicked out. And we'll see Gore has fabricated something completely false, and he should be kicked out of out of the debate. Um, all right. So let's just now part of what these articles do is they like to snow you with so many quote unquote facts. You think, well, some of it must be true, and. All of it is complete context dropping. All of it is, is the opposite of a big picture. But we'll just take one, one thing that is unequivocally a lie by Gore and that he, he knows better and he is deliberately trying to manipulate you um, by saying this. And then if you understand that, if you understand what kind of character and pathology it would take for somebody to say this, who, who has knowledge, not just somebody who you know, read it and, and is mistakenly repeating it, but somebody who's been studying the issue, and, and if you can call it that, uh, for decades really, then I think it should be plausible that you don't trust anyone who deliberately tells a whopper and should make sense that there are 50 more such whoppers in this, but that's not the point to get into all of those. You should go read something true, not just, not just say, oh, well, that one thing was a whopper, but let me investigate the 49 others. All right, so I've, I've claimed that he's a liar, so let, let's go um, into it. So here's the sentence, or the paragraph. Germany, Europe's industrial powerhouse, where renewable subsidies have been especially high, now generates 30% of its daily electricity from wind and solar. And analysts predict that number will rise to 50% by 2020. And then, we'll talk about this in a second, but... He and McKibben love this kind of thing. Indeed, one day this year, notice this, one day this year, renewables created 74% of the nation's electricity. Uh, which to me is like saying, one day this year, it rained for 74% of the day. Therefore, we can count on it to rain for 7,400% of the day in, in the future. Um, you wouldn't want your energy depending on you know the patterns of the rain, and you don't want it depending on the patterns of the sun and wind. But let, let's just get to the basic thing of so, Stefan. In your country, I'm led to believe 30% of your daily electricity is coming from wind and solar. So, um, what's the truth value of that? Well, according to the official numbers, which are still preliminary in the bureaucracy right now, um, the total amount of renewables 
uh, in 2013 was 24% to 25%. Okay, that's renewables. This has electricity from... So what does it mean by renewables? Um, renewables includes something like uh, hydroelectric power, biomass, and so on. And So um, hydroelectric power, which Gore is against and is, is not saying here, he's saying wind and solar. And then right after that, he says renewables, which he's expecting you to equate with wind and solar because he's comparing the statistic of 37% to 74% as what's going to happen. So how much from wind and solar? Um, for wind and solar, I think it's uh, between 10 and 12%. Uh, the numbers vary still a little bit, but around that, it's uh, like 8% from wind and uh, 3 to 4%, I believe, from solar. Okay, so and the variation is just that there are a couple of, you know, we like to look at different uh, national and international sources, and they sometimes can vary based on just little things about measurement. But none of, are any of them saying 37%? No, nowhere close. Okay, so what is, so where is Gore getting 37% from? Um, yeah, we've been speculating that this is probably uh, from the total installed capacity rather than actual production or consumption. Okay, so what does that mean? Um, that means like a certain percentage of the total generating capacity for electricity uh, from a specific source, which is, of course, different than the actual production because wind and solar have much lower capacity factors than conventional power plants. And that is because the wind and the sun are not at full capacity all the time, but they vary a lot between zero and 100%. Yeah, so capacity is like a maximum. So that, right. that's that's like saying the maximum that can happen when the sun is shining all day, or sometimes they'll do it a little bit less than that, but it's around that. So essentially it means that it could, you know, th this is what it, you know, what it could be, or this, you know, this is the, the top. Now, interestingly, I'm curious how the 74% statistic, I'm wondering how much of that is, is hydro. But this is this is just a very common like, third-grade error where you see, you know, you take something like a coal plant and you say, okay, well, we can burn coal all day and all night, so this is how much we can expect to generate. And you put a rating on it. Um, but if you take something where, you know, if the coal were to disappear 75% of the time, randomly then you couldn't have the same rating on it but that's that's what they do so they equate the maximum with the actual and the way you me you measure the actual is as Stefan mentioned earlier uh, consumption how much is actually um, produced so well that's that's the first step because that doesn't even include reliability so that's that's I like the analogy of, of a productive worker versus someone on welfare or a bad worker so the productive worker you know, comes to work every day. You can rely on him. He does good work. He's there, let's say, 40 hours a week. You, know, you can put that in the bank. You can delegate work to him. You know, there's also the shiftless person who um, you know, comes to work maybe 12 hours a week, and you don't know when he's going to come. Well, that you can record. So one thing is if somebody said, well, his capacity is he can come 40 hours a week because one day he came eight, eight hours. So his capacity is 40. Okay, so it's complete. Yes, how often does he actually come? You find out. Okay, he comes 12 hours a week. Okay, but then you still can't say, well, the work that was he did 12 hours and the other did 40 hours because his wasn't reliable. So if you had all the unreliable, you couldn't get anything done because you don't know when 
Sometimes you have too much, sometimes you have too little. You can't plan, and you can't meet the needs of the moment. This is exactly analogous to uh, energy. So it's it's really just this. Um, it, so one one thing is Gore is claiming that the unproductive workers are doing three times more work than they are. And then the next thing he's claiming, and then he's ignoring the fact that they're unproductive, unreliable workers. He's, he's ignoring the fact, it doesn't mention at all in the whole article, that you can't actually depend on them, uh, which is um, a, a, you know, a very, very significant thing. So he, it's just, this is, this is a, a, you know, it's a fabrication, it's in the 37%. So generates 37%. So they us, the way they'll usually do this, which is a, lo, a form of lie, they can sort of say it's not a direct lie. It's just by saying, oh, 37% of its capacity comes from, and you think, oh, 30% of its energy must come from. But here he actually said that the electricity comes from there, and he knows that's not true. He's just lying to manipulate you into his political policies. Um, and so, and, and he's also, um, you know, he's using hydro as part of renewables when it's convenient. Um, and then he's not he's not addressing the he, he's equating unreliable energy with reliable energy. So really, you have ten to twelve percent of electricity comes from wind and solar, and zero percent of unreliable. And in the book, I talk of, of reliable. I should say in the book, I talk about how you know on any given day in Germany or any given time, you can have less than five percent coming from uh, easily even even way less than that. So here's what we have: Gore has. So he's he's publicly on a crucial public issue, deliberately misled uh, the public by saying something he knows is not true, uh, and is a, is a lie, to manipulate the public. So if Gore said this about, you know, um, I forget the exact state of like Gore's affairs and what's proven and what's not, and like there's a masseuse and fondling and stuff. Who cares? My point is, if this. Like with the Clinton and Lewinsky thing, like if if it's wrong to lie about your quote unquote private life or your sort of marital relationship, like I don't really care in a certain sense about Gore's marital relationship or lack thereof or or Clinton's or you know if they lie to me about that. Granted, if they lie under oath, that's really bad. But this is lying about one of the crucial issues of our time, which you are posing uh, as an expert on. And it's, it's just true, and, and it's in a prominent publication. And so what needs to happen is that Gore needs to issue um, a public apology. And it's not just for this. I mean, he should go through the entire article and, ex and explain exactly where he's misled. He should explain why. It's sort of like when somebody tells you know, a massive lie, they have to explain what their motivation was. So he should explain that. Um, my guess is it would include you know, some really sort of it would be an interesting revelation of the psychology of someone who really hates um, human progress and human ingenuity. Um, and Rolling Stone should, and I think Rolling Stone should fire the editors relevant. And I really think they should stop commenting um, on these issues, except maybe they should give equal time to people on the other side. And if they want me to fill up some content, uh, I'll be happy to. But I, I'm serious. This is a this is completely immoral, and. Um, you know, people should pay for this kind of thing. Now, all of us get things wrong sometimes. Uh, 
And yeah, but we should acknowledge that. And you, even the other day on this show, we had uh, Stefan had slightly mistaken what Hol- John Holdren, the science advisor to the president, had made a mistake, had had said something fallacious about the polar vortex, and Stefan had slightly misrepresented misrepresented what the fallacy was, even though it was still a fallacy. But we made a point of correcting that. And we do a lot of hard work to get everything right. And somebody points something out, um, we we change it or we acknowledge it. But we do not ever manipulate something to, um, you know, to reinforce our position. The point of our position is to be accurate so that we can make, so that people can make good decisions about life. It's not to not to just reinforce uh, a, something wrong. If, if we turn out to be wrong, then we need to revise. Uh, so again, Gore should, um, you know, he should apologize. He should explain his motives. He should, do, he should do a much more elaborate version of what Clinton, an honest version of what Clinton did during Lewinsky, since this is a much more destructive um, and I think much, much more deeply um, immoral uh, because it's, it's, so, it's so long-standing and, and the victims are so... Uh, you know, uh, so global. So, you know, it's a very hard thing for somebody to do, which is part of why you need to bring public pressure. It's not like, you know, Gore is so deeply into this, I don't think it's going to, I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast and uh, and change his mind. I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast. But there needs to be, you know, public pressure for him to um, apologize and for, you know, Rolling Stone to uh, fire the relevant editors. Um, you know, because otherwise, what? How could you ever trust that uh, that publication if you did in the first place? So, yeah, that's what I think the moral obligation here is. Uh, Stefan, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just two points. I just looked up the official numbers from the Federal Office of Statistics in Germany, and it puts uh, wind power production for 2013 at 8.5 and. Uh, PV production at 4.8, so at 13.3 combined. And uh, the other point is um, there's so many, you know, difficult accounting fallacies in this. Even if you say something like on a specific day, a certain amount of energy came from wind or solar. I mean, you're comparing aggregates in production over the entire day with demand of production. And um, it's not clear exactly. For example, you could see at one hour, um, complete overproduction by wind and solar have to be exported to neighboring countries uh, because it's not useful at the time. And then maybe during night you will have um, massive underproduction and you always have 100% backup from other sources. And just saying like this percentage has come from renewable is completely wrong because the, the renewables require the conventional capacity to operate. Uh, the conventional didn't require the renewables to distort the grid. Yeah, and so the more the more you get into this, the more the more problematic you see it is to use unreliable energy. The more parasitical it is, because you see, as Stefan is mentioning, that you're depending on the neighboring countries to not use so many of them, so that they can absorb your capacity, and you might even need to, you know, sell the electricity much more cheaply than it costs you to produce. Sell it at a loss. That happens. Um, so this is all, none of this is done to honestly give you a big picture. It's all done, uh, to manipulate you in, into particular policies. And again, that, that is morally wrong. And it, it should definitely call into question if they're willing to say this about energy, 
what are they willing to say about climate? We've talked about that on other shows, but there there is um, exactly comparable misrepresentation of the state of that issue, and you know they both they both um, are leading. You know, the goal of both is to get power for and and mandate for anti-industrial policies. Um, so it, it's really that it's not about the truth. It's about the anti-industrial policies. It's about attacking civilization. If you look enough in Gore's writing, you see there's a very deep-seated opposition to um, just an industrial progress, to mining as such. Uh, and, you know, it was at one point we were talking about before the show, just if you... Um, let, me, let me pull up this quote by Gore. Um, let's see. Where is this? Um, I just want to get it exactly right, particularly. Um, okay, so yeah, so he, you know, in this in this this uh, article, he talks a bit about batteries, sort of indirectly addressing the storage issue, uh, and comes up with some, I'd say, cockamamie cockamamie ideas about that, but. Batteries, as Stefan was we were, and I were talking about before the show, are just a massive, massive mining operation. So here's a quote from Gore from, I believe it's Earth and the Bounce. Um, our insatiable drive to rubbage deep beneath the surface of the Earth is a willful expansion of our dysfunctional civilization into nature. Nature with a capital N. So nature is a god. So if that's your belief, are you really going to be Al Gore just giving the green light to just massive, massive operations to multiply the amount of batteries in the world by, I don't know, a hundred? Uh, at least? No. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's that the, the given problem or alleged problem or manufactured problem of the moment, or the given manufactured solution of the moment, those are just means to destroy what is actually productive. And then um, you know, then they'll find reasons why they hate solar and why they hate wind, and there's sort of easy, fairly predictable things that have already come up, like well, the wind turbines and the bats, or all the materials needed, or all the space needed, or it's unsightly, or the things are getting fried when they hit, uh, you know, the a, a concentrated solar thing. Um, yeah, you there. Environmentalists have infinite ways to oppose things because their basic opposition is to transform it. To, is to the act of transforming our environment. And everything we do transforms our environment. Everything we do creates not only a product, some positive product, but also a byproduct and some risk. And so they can always just point to a byproduct and risk and say, hey, that's what we don't like. Really what they don't like is the product because they, they, they selectively find uh, byproducts and risks based on what is actually working to further human life and transform the earth for human life. They're perfectly okay with advocating, you know, coding, you know, a massive quote-unquote footprint of solar panels and windmills as long as that won't actually work. And it's a good reason, it's a good justification for shutting down um, what actually works. So um, hopefully that was illuminating. Again, I just definitely, uh, I'll, I'll post this, uh, I'll post this, um, and, you know, I hope you uh, copy, you know, mention on Twitter or Facebook, uh, mention Rolling Stone, mention uh, Al Gore, and, and tell them to issue a public correction and apology and, and uh, fire editors or whatever you think is, is morally necessary. All right, let's call it a wrap. Stefan, thanks for joining me. And we will talk to everyone next week.